0: It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the negative insurgency. Me up, man. In their lives. Fire me up, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. I gotta tell you, Marcus, we are back and it is it is so epic today because I know what's coming is it's we got one of our own on. And when I, when we get that going for me. It builds up my pulse rate to a place where can you see my my, my carotid artery okay, just you pumping a,
1: out right? I now? Actually got a little <laughs> JVD going on because it's, it's hitting so hard, it's pushing. It,
0: it literally is pushing out my carotid artery Did you like that JVD? I, I, you threw out jugular vein distention and that I, one? and I literally flashed back to 18 Delta, <laughs> right. brother. Uh, that was impressive. I thought I, I thought How About for, that for the reach back. <laughs> you literally pulled back into your med bag I did. for that one. on there. I love it. Hey, but the cool part about
1: uh, our our guest coming on is the fact that so we we spent most of our adult life with him so when you when you when you bring somebody on and we get to go that far back in our own history to t- bring up those kind of stories and because he was a part of them it yeah. makes it even more intense
0: oh it 's so much better, and that's what I really love about the show is that we we get to reach out and bring on people that not only we have a huge respect for because of what they 've been able to overcome the adversity they face the obstacles they've been able to you know to to cross in their lives but there's a connection and many times very close connections i.e the connection with you and willie and rick and and the connection with uh, me and charlie and man it's just a powerful way you know to really bring to our guests what this show is all about
1: How, how small is the world I mean, we
0: <laughs>
1: T- so, T- you know, you and I know somebody, and then and somebody that I met and brought on the show is, is connected by one person, probably.
0: Literally, literally. I mean that that the old the old six degrees of separation of yeah. Kevin Bacon and all that. It's it's so much truer when you move into the you start walking with people that are truly you know dedicated
1: to the team, never quit mindset. Right, we got we're separated by one. <laughs> That's six degrees. One degree. One, one degree. degree separation. One degree.
0: So I just want to welcome everybody today on the Team Never Quit podcast. It is it is our honor, Mr. Never Quit Himself, Marcus, and I are so fired up to have you with us. And we're so uh, incredibly appreciative of all of you that are really getting behind the show, helping us spread the word, because you realize it's our mission to expose you, all of our, our listeners and our followers and fan base, to the greatest never quit stories ever told, right, Marcus? I mean, these are the stories yeah. that change people's lives, and they're, they're coming here with us because they trust us. They know how positive the show is to really help the people that are listening, man.
1: Yeah, it's bringing those, those exceptional people with those exceptional stories and breaking it down and showing them that even people who, who follow them and know about them, that, that it all starts at one place. And everyone hits that adversity, and, and these people have been able to push through it. And what we bring on here is the uh, the kind of the antidote of how they do that, and how and you, once you see how easy it is, then that's where you start.
0: Right? I mean, because when you think about it, what we've heard over and over again—the repetition of of consciousness in terms of 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 getting into that mindset—it's what unifies us. It really does. And I love how you always put it into perspective that, hey, man. You know, you don't got to be a Navy SEAL. You don't got to be, you know, a country music icon. You just got to be a human being that's aware of what needs to happen. Believe in to yourself. Overcome. Believe in yourself, right? And that is a common thread. And I think, you know. Cause I, no one else is going to. No. No. No matter what to tell
1: you, I mean, when it comes down to it, they're gonna, you got to look out for yourself as well. It, it
0: starts with you looking sure. in the mirror every day, yeah, right? The best
1: best way, then that's when those other people come in, and when they're trying to do the same thing, that's where it comes—that team environment, the power to bring yourself, yourself as an individual out of the hole. You can do it a lot easier when someone's standing next to you,
0: right? Right, and that's—I mean, you and I both know that, and our guest coming on today certainly knows. Now, now, one of the things that Marcus and I always ask our guests as, as as we either finish the show or throughout the show is, you know, if you feel compelled to, we always. Re- you know say put out the invitation that hey to write in and share your greatest never quit story of your life or share a story that you've heard from somebody that you love or you're passionate for or you know somebody that's been your mentor or has had been a profound influence in you to share that story and and if if they're good, I mean they're all good in their own way, but if they're really good and they hit home for us, we're gonna read them on the on the show. So today, Instead, of, if
1: you hear a story on here that's similar and and you think tops it, we want to hear it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, bring I, it. I,
1: that's the competition. Well, yeah, all uh, right. Check this
0: out. Right, and and to bring them to us, and if and if they're epic, and I mean truly epic, then there's a good chance that uh, we'll
1: bring you on the show. Well, you yeah. you
0: will be a guest on the Team Never Quit podcast. So before we get started and move into the interview phase of our, our show we're gonna we're gonna alter usually we do a historical moment and and because of the guest that's coming on and its relationship with Marcus and 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 me and our the proximity of, of what we've seen together we're really that's where our historical moments are gonna lie so we've decided to change it up and we're gonna actually read one of the submissions that we got online and if you want to check out where you can do that and all of our other shows, don't ever be afraid to go to teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. That's teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. And that's where all the shows are are, are are taken. They're there. And there's even a section for you to share your story. So this is one of the stories. That and
1: we're is- talking to the guy who's sitting on the edge of the radio going, oh, man, the is too crazy. I, I got a good one, but I don't know. Yeah, we're talking, I'm talking directly to you, the guy who's sitting there listening right now. We want to hear it.
0: We want to hear it. So we're going to start out today with a story from one of our listeners whose name is Ivan. All right, Marcus, you ready for this? Yep, send it. Here we go. First, I want to thank you so much for such a great organization. I've not been able to attend any of the events yet, and he's talking about the Patriot Tour, but I plan to. In 1990 or so, I was hit in the head by an airplane propeller. I had finished the university at at university with a degree. Wait, what? Yeah, in the head with an airplane propeller. Was he on the wing? Say sure. that? No, I don't know yet. Hold on. I had <laughs> finished university with a degree in aeronautics. I had finished my commercial fixed wing multi-engine pilot license, and I got my airframe and power plant mechanic license. To some people, this might not seem like a knot. For me, it was everything. I had nothing else except for my family and myself. The hit took about half of my skull and about 25% of my left brain. Due to the bone going through into my brain, they told my mother and wife that I more than likely would not make it through the night. If I did make it, the doctor said everything would be different for me forever. I was paralyzed on my whole right side, other than my knee and elbow. I had no equilibrium to speak of. I spent the next six years in rehab, learning to walk again. They told me I would never wear. I would wear, have to wear a brace for the rest of my life. I do not wear a brace now. I could not walk or ride in a, in a wheelchair without throwing up. I had lost all, most of my cognitive skills. The worst was the FAA told me I would never be able to work in the aviation industry again with the loss of the brain. At first, I was lost to what was going to happen to me and what my life was going to be like next. Then one day, my index finger moved. It was then that I knew if I didn't want to be handicapped the rest of my life, it was going to be up to me. So in my mind, from that moment, I decided I would never quit pushing to become better than I was before the accident. So dealing with this every day, it can get old. I have a small poster that I stare at every single day that says this, I am not the strongest, I am not the fastest, I am not the biggest, but I am consistent, persistent resilient, and I will never, ever quit. I still deal with headaches almost every day, but I can drive again. I work out and run again. I ran my first 10K, and I plan on getting better and better. No matter what anybody tells me, I will be better in shape than I was in high school. My mother passed away a couple of years ago, but my father is still around. I help my father on his farm most days. My mother and father raised jumping horses. So we, won't, we never really had much as far as money goes, but I grew up with the attitude that everything can be done if you give it, give it a chance and work hard for it. Sorry about my spelling and grammar. Thank you so much for the inspiration. And by the way, I love the podcast. I've listened to all of them more than once. <laughs> he, he lost half a quarter of his brain, brother. I, I got, <laughs>
1: p- apologizing for grammar at the end of it with, when his <laughs> half his brain got caved in. <laughs> I bet you that there's. I, I would make more grammatical errors writing that something that long than 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 with all my brain
0: than he did with half of it. I mean, think about that. Imagine you <laughs> and an, I'm a writer, and you are a writer. Yeah. Yes, you are. Huh. Imagine moving all the way, ascending to the, to to reaching your goal, your dream, and then to have that dream come crashing down because of an accident. Right? Because of an accident. Well, it just goes to show
1: you that, that that being the aeronautical engineer wasn't the dream. Life is right. Absolutely. So, when you get knocked back down, reevaluate and then go forward with the next dream.
0: One of the amazing things to me about that story is, is here is a guy that, you know, in the moment of utter despair where they're telling him, you know, you're failed, you're never going to make it, you know, you're probably going to die, you know, your life is never going to be the same, you're always going to have a brace. I mean, but to find that shred of hope.
1: Sure. Well, that's what separates those that come to that. I see people with physical therapy doing it all the time. The doctors are standing there telling you, Hey, this is what we're going to do for physical therapy, but I don't care how good the doctor is. They're not going to have any idea what's really burning inside of you. So I always, just, and kind of what this guy did, man, you just switched places. So what the doctor was busted up standing here and I was standing on the other side, what would I want to hear from him? Right. And that's what you tell yourself. Right. So he says 10, well then we'll be working for 12. That and then kind of made, soon as the guy saw his, 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 finger move well that's at the end of everything if that's working down there then everything else in between has got to be working let's get it get it operational
0: i dig it man i dig it yeah right
1: that just goes i mean born like that and then to to lose half your brain and to to get back after it some people are born with everything and don't have half the drive just for because they think they're not special or whatever and that guy just told you right there he was special and they took that away from him so now he's trained yeah that's what we say on here all the time we're all not special same. man you just train right so i am To start all the way to fall down the mountain and then take a deep breath and start climbing back up is a big thing. And then halfway
0: up, he's like, oh, it's working. Let's keep going. So I love it. I love it, man. And and that's the valuable lesson there, that to really, I think, drill down on one little thing, like his finger movement or one little thing in your life that you can tap into that creates that spark, right, that ignition point for you wanting to really, you know, jump forward in your life with with that training regimen whatever sure, and How, it might
1: how be. powerful is the, the brain and the body, though? Everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything. I mean, everyone says, well, this is, it works like, but you have really no idea what that thing's capable of, and he just tapped into something that I, only half of it He's back in operation, like most humans. It,
0: it, it's funny, man. When when I was first time I read it, and I I heard about the you know read about the finger, I, I immediately took me back to the movie Kill Bill. Right when she comes out of the hospital, the toe. and she goes, move your toe, right? Yeah. Just wiggle it, yeah. wiggle your toe, and and that's the whole thing. In
1: Buck's truck from Huntsville, yeah. Texas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and i love the the concept and the visualization so if you're listening out there and you're struggling and you're in the hole and you feel like you're broken and you feel like you half your brain's been chopped out by an airplane propeller just latch on to one little but it bit. hasn't but it hasn't you sh-
1: you can still go you're I still mean, there but if it had gotten chopped off yeah. by half enough we got a guy here they can tell you that it's not over right Look for the one little thing. All right, switch. so put that up there on the wall. We got the dude with it's Yeah. It's it's an an airplane awesome. Yeah, yeah, awesome with
0: only half a brain. Oh, so awesome. if anybody calls in complaining, <laughs> like you need to talk to Ivan. Yeah, Ivan. Yeah. And Ivan, we just want to thank you so much, brother, for sending that in. And we really appreciate your story. You're an inspiration to all of us. Uh, yeah, motivate yeah. for months. Motivate for months. All right. So now let's transition and, and let's move into the, the the next component. And before I do that, I just want to let all the listeners know, hey, if you get the opportunity, you're really digging us, go, go to the teamneverquit.com website. We've got a, a whole truckload of great merchandise, new T-shirts that just came in. Uh, we've got this wonderful speakers bureau with all different kinds of speakers coming from from the people that we really admire the most. And and maybe for your organization or your company that's searching for that type of motivation, man, there's a whole myriad of of, of, of men and women that you can choose from to, to get your team fired up. And also, we've got a, some great ammunition out there, too, right? The TNQ frangible ammo, man, I I, I shot that yep. stuff recently, and it was epic.
1: Yeah, let's hear from you if you got it, if you shot it. Then you, tell us what's bad about it, not what's good, because we, we want to fix it. We want to
0: fix it, so write into and let us know how you dig the ammo. All right, so that sets us up for the next part, bud. The guy coming in you've already alluded to, he, he goes way back for us, He's a guy that's been in and out of our lives. You know, he's a team guy. He's a frog man. He's a, one of the incredible entrepreneurs out there from our community in particular who's taken this wonderful experience of, of the SEAL teams and translated into a, 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 a long time successful apparel brand called Forged. And you can definitely go check out all of his great new T-shirts and old T-shirts on forge.com that's forge.com so you know what do you say man let's just get to it and yeah. bring Mike yeah. on. i mm-hmm. mm-hmm. my- I'm telling you what dude it, i'm telling you like when when it when it happens one of our own it, when it, wait a minute has it just sta- are you starting to read my mind now is that what's going on uh- I, that's starting to get a little uh, uh, trippy. So, hey, then what amounts am I thinking right now?
1: I, I went down. I just – you shouldn't be thinking that.
0: <laughs> in a rabbit, rabbit hole right away. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm super fired up because the guy that I just talked about is on right now. We just He's on air, and this guy is one of the most uh, humbling dudes you've ever seen because he's taken this wonderful experience of the team's translated into this amazing business that supports incredible uh, amount of people and veterans out there. And and he's also, you know, a close personal friend of ours. And, and dude, I tell you what, I am super fired up to have Mike Sowers on the show. So, Mike, welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast, brother. Well, thanks for having me, fellas. Great to see you guys again, Dave, Marcus.
1: It'll be fun.
2: Great to be with you.
0: So uh, what we do, Mike, is every time a, a guest comes on, we, we realize that it—, it it takes a little while to 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 fit into you know what we're trying to do. We hit hard with these great stories, but we also like to have a lot of fun.
1: Yep. So, that's how we bring it up.
0: I mean, right? To to relax people and to to feel good. So in order to do a little uh uh you know deep tissue massage in your brain and your gray matter right now and to, <laughs> to get you warmed up, so to speak, we've got what's called the mad minute. <laughs>
1: All, right, all those I was just re- referring back to all those conversations we used to have back when we were deployed, and, ha- and at the end of those, how weird they would get. All right, we're going to start with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right? So just to relax you enough to know exactly where we're going with this conversation. So ju- to-, to incorporate them, we do it just like we would. To in- to talk about the madness, we got to incorporate the humor, right? So we do that in the beginning. And Amen, then,
0: brother. Ha- all right. Having
1: him on there, that's easy day because we walk around in that.
0: <laughs> Every we really don't need a mad minute for this guy. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all right, we're out. Yeah, all right, all right. So, are you ready, Mike? Let's do it. All right, all right. First question is: dun, 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 dun. would you rather run for political office or run a charity?
2: Uh, run a charity, hands down. Go. No. All
0: right, favorite superhero: Superman, Beatles, Rolling Stones, or Led Zeppelin?
2: Led Zeppelin, 100%.
1: Quarter- Quor- quarterback or the receiver in the winning game in the super bowl receiver
0: <laughs> of course <Showtime. laughs> all right instagram twitter facebook or snapchat instagram
1: bam you could play out a character in a movie in real life who would it be
2: character in a movie in real life probably rocky man god I that's love a good this. one man that's a really that's good, good one
0: <laughs> why rocky
2: Ah, you know, he's a Pennsylvania
1: guy. Why Rocky? What kind of
0: question? You Uh, can't ask somebody that question after they deliver that message. There's more to it, I mean, he's not even from Philly. I
1: was quite impressed.
0: (laughs) You know, he
2: was a small guy that was up there always beating up on. It's David versus Goliath story, you know, every single time. And, you know, when I was a kid, I remember going to watch Rocky Four in a movie theater. I never saw so many people in there. There's people sitting in the aisles and shit. They just couldn't even keep them out. They're like, I, I'm going to see it. That's just what's going to happen. Remember
1: that? And, uh, yeah, that was like that, that for the first Batman had, movie. You know? I saw that. In the aisles. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love
1: uh, it. Right? Right, right? That's all right. great. We're Rocky. Hey, Rocky 3 gets tossed around here a lot.
0: It's like the staple. So when you bring up a Rocky movie, you're, you're, you're golden now. All right,
1: here you go. You know what? Then I, I stand corrected because when you asked him why Rocky, I shouldn't have, I should have come at you like that because why not Rocky? Good I, Good point. I, I,
0: you got to, there's, there's deeper, there's deeper things yeah, going on I'm there, sorry. Because right? well, we were just getting, we're getting warmed up. we we'll just get getting warmed, warmed up. up. All right. All right. Ready? Here's the next question. All right. If there was one thing you could change about the world, what would it be?
2: I mean, honestly, right now, you know, it's, you know, it's just all the, violent nonsense is going on in the world like now i mean not to dull the moment here but you know just you know like the slangs and the cop killings and all, you know all the senseless killings throughout the world you know we need military we need people to protect us but just all the 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 nonsense or nonsensical slang and killing going on in the world right now it's just too much uh unneeded violence right now uh, in the world. Uh,
1: co- coming from a guy uh <laughs> like that yeah that yeah yeah, yeah. Off, no, right? because it, he's not it, a, he's not a violent so. man he's just a man of violence that's well, the way you say that and i, I
0: and there's one of the greatest things lot. that i ever and we, we've got a guest coming up on, on during this batch of recordings that's going to talk to that nature of that you know great warriors don't have bloodlust in their heart they actually want to propel the the beauty of civilization right they want to protect it and to and to acknowledge it. But you're, you're right, man. I just heard a statistic on the news yesterday, the day before that. It's every 89 hours, there's a terrorist attack now. And if if, if we've gotten to that in the world, and that's not just in the Middle East. That's oh, yeah, in Europe sorry. and all over. So, man, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I love that answer, Mike. That's my favorite. Go ahead, Marcus, for the last one, bud. That one was, uh, that one floored me. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, <laughs> man. I, you don't,
2: know, Don't get me wrong. There's I, quite a few... <laughs> out there that need some killing yeah
1: but, no no There's no that's why people. i'm saying no it's perfect because i i know hey use hey don't worry mikey use a killer no. allow, i have seen it i was there so don't worry no one's gonna confuse uh, that allow
0: I, me to digress
1: <laughs> yeah don't worry brother use a killer
0: all right
2: i, awesome. I, just, I just took off my tie-dyed shirt before yeah. this yeah. i am still living
1: in southern california right anyone here. listen make no mistake about that
0: oh my god <laughs> All right, all right. Well, Mike, thanks for playing the the mad minute with us. We just really love it. It brings a, a, some great answers and every time we're 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 incredibly surprised and just really thankful that people like to have so much fun. So appreciate that, brother. So, you know, the whole show as we talked about leading up to it in our phone conversation yesterday you and I had and it is this whole meaning for this show and our purpose is to is to bring wonderful guests on board who have a deep understanding of the never quit mindset and to have them share their greatest never quit story, of their lives. So without further ado, man, please, would you would you share that story with our listeners?
2: I would definitely have to say um, the biggest uh, hurdle, uh, you know, the biggest obstacle I ever faced in my life was definitely, you know, my journey into the SEAL teams, you know as far as it's just starting with buds all the way through, you know, my 13 year career. uh, You know, the saying is, as you guys know, the only easy day is yesterday.
1: And there's
2: (laughs) there's so much truth to that. You know, every day in the SEAL teams is hard. It's just like every single person goes, that must be the greatest job in the world. It, It is a great job. It's, you know, I compare it's like being a professional athlete. You know what I mean? It's like, it's training camp right now, you know, and you see guys, you know, like, you know Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, thirty-eight years old. You know what I mean? It's just like looking at your thirty-eight-year-old chief out there. You know, this like sweet, great. We get to sleep in a swap again. <laughs> you know, awesome. I've only slept in four hundred swaps. You know, this is awesome. we have to do cold weather training you
1: know? again <laughs> yeah.
2: because I'm not sure if I remember how to sleep in the snow. Right? Oh <laughs> but, my god! You know, it's just what it is. But you know, we have to say you know, embrace the suck, that's and it. it's so true. As you guys know, it's like. You know, that's what makes team guys, team guys. Uh, but, you know, I guess it, it's it starts back for me, even in Buds. Yeah, I grew up in a small town in western Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I, I I played a lot of sports in high school. Yeah, I was all state wrestler. I played football. Um, I, I didn't swim. We had a pool at my house, you know, but I never learned to, you know, be a proper swimmer. I didn't really want to shave my legs and stuff. So I used to make fun of <laughs> friends. But you, hold on,
0: but you did wear a singlet. <laughs> <laughs> I did
1: wear a singlet. You got me
0: there. <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, you I guess it depends on how hairy team.
1: you are. If you have to shave in one of those singlets, right? i <laughs> uh, from the South. <laughs> we don't have that
0: brother, dude, I, I'd be shaving for days. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so after high school, and what? I, I got a question. What drove you into the seal teams?
2: You know, uh, I I never. I had a couple uncles um, who were in the Vietnam War, and so I always heard stories. They were both in. I had three uncles actually who were in the army during Vietnam. Uh, One of my uncles was in the 82nd Airborne. He was involved in some heavy combat and stuff. And um, you know, he was your typical Vietnam vet. Drove a Harley around, big beard. You know, (laughs) always you know drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon, talking about killing at the you know family reunion when. You know, you're four years old listening to all these stories. I <laughs> so, love those
1: uncles. I love those guys. <laughs> you are one of those uncles. man. <laughs> so, uh,
2: I mean, he's a great guy. And uh, finally, he did get some recognition now for, you know, and, and he's getting somewhat taken care of with the VA now, you know, but great guy. But I was just hearing those stories, you know, kind of got me interested in the war uh, or in the military and stuff like that, you know, and reading books about war and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of planned on going to college. Uh, I I had some offers for wrestling and I just got to the point where I I just hated school. (laughs) You'll hear from a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of, of team guys and stuff. I mean, I really got to a point where I was like, right here I, I, I knew i knew what i wanted to do you know yeah, like, think about that you know? is man i've never run
1: into one of us even even the 60 gunners right yeah uh, let's say it like that even the 60 gunners that get out of the teams <laughs> to go to college and, and don't make 4.0s they don't just they crush it
0: yeah yeah afterwards I, I, but after after not the,
1: before no no after the teams doctors lawyers i mean you hear about them guys that go back and it's, it's a piece of cake yeah. after being in the teams
0: because they're focused now exactly all right so you got in and and did you so, have to go to a school right away or did you get straight to buds
2: no i i had to do uh uh the a school and stuff like that i was kind of before they had the whole seal prep program and all that but uh yeah actually uh i, I it's funny how i i chose to go to the seals because uh you know, I'd saw that movie Navy SEALs and honestly to tell you the truth. I mean, right, I, didn't, I thought it was like attack force Z or something. I, I didn't <laughs> even realize, you know, was, you know, they were really it guys out to me. there, you know, I was probably like 15 years old or something, watched it. And uh, then uh, a friend of my brother's who uh, he, he knew from wrestling uh, was back home on leave actually. And uh, he came by our house and uh, I asked him what he was doing. He told me he was going through SEAL training and I was like, SEALs. are like, He's like, like Navy Seal. I was like that movie with Charlie Sheen. He's like, yeah. I was like, really? I was like, that's is it cool? He's like, hell yeah, it's cool. It's like a wrestling team that runs around with machine guns. And, you know. <laughs> L- little did I know, you know, he was like in second phase of buds and didn't really know shit. Right. But, yeah. you know, it was it was, en- it was enough to sell me on it, get me interested. In I started reading about it, you know, and I'd always been interested in skydiving, scuba diving, doing cool shit, you know. I was like. I either want to be like a stuntman, you know, or or I want to go in the military and do something badass and serve my country, you know, and I didn't, you know, I went to the guidance counselor and said, he's like, what do you want to be? I said, you know, I was like 14. I was like, I want to be a stuntman, you know, in like small town of Pennsylvania. He's, you know, before the internet, he's kind of like, well, uh what's a stuntman do i think mean, well i don't know you watch tv jump off buildings you know catch yourself on fire and I like, "Yeah." From what, I, from what i've heard from the emergency room at the hospital you've already been doing all that shit <laughs> i was like yeah but that wasn't practice but anyway uh so that's how i got got interested in it and uh then uh you know i did the old recruiter thing went and uh, signed up and everything and uh a little bit, I know, you know, you needed a certain rate to go to Buds. I was like, I don't care. Just give me any rate, you know? And I was supposed to be a gunner's mate. And, you yeah, know, well, what were he, you? he could have made me a yeoman because that's actually a rate to go to Buds. And uh, luckily, he's like, well, you're a torpedo man's mate. And I was like, what the hell is that? And he's like, well, it's like a gunner's mate. So said, guns use torpedoes. And I was like, all right, sounds good to me. <laughs> so, God. So, uh, what,
0: what Buds class did you go through Hell Week with? I went through Hell Week with uh, Bud's class two twelve. Jack, okay, because I I I thought you were two thirteen for some reason. So right on, okay. what were you two oh eight? Was my Hell Week class, but I graduated with two oh nine. Right. So so what what was what was Hell Week like for you, Mike? Was it one of those pivotal moments? Because every single one of us, when we when we're together, we talk about. There was that moment in Hell Week where it was like, geez, uh, you know.
1: Did, did, how many times you think about, we always ask, how many yeah, times yeah. you think about quitting? I was like, hell, it's easier to think about how many times I thought about staying. <laughs> I don't even what, there was a, did you, oh, you know how they talk about Hell Week? Like, was it Wednesday? Wednesday you turn into a robot, you won't right. remember anything. I, that didn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely remember Wednesday, that's for damn sure, you know, I don't. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I, I got a pretty good first face story for you. Let's <laughs> you, hear it. If you want to talk about never quit, well, I actually went through first face twice. So
0: <laughs> good for oh, you. Awesome. Uh,
2: so no, it wasn't that awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely a learning experience. But uh, yeah, let's just say this goes back to the whole. Yeah, I, I did. I never really learned how to properly swim. <laughs> you know, and I just made fun of all the guys who are on the swim team. You know, like ah, what do I want to do that for? um, uh, you know, really it's like, you know, you know, we didn't have that whole buds prep program back when we went through, you know what I mean? And, uh, you basically went and you took the grading test, you know, you trained yourself to swim that 500 meters. And I don't know about you guys, but that was the farthest I'd ever swam. <laughs> I went to yeah. You know, 500 meters in a pool. You know, I never swam two miles in an ocean before. And, uh, you know, I, I figured I was good to go, you know, just like everything else I'd done. You know, I'd just like use my physical ability. I'd say, you know what? I, I, I'm a tough person. Wing I'll it. just muscle so through wing. this. Yeah, muscle it. You, you know what I mean? And, you know, from all the guys I talked to, you know, seal motivators and stuff, you know, they were like, you know, as long as you have a positive mindset, you know, whenever you get a chance, get out there and swim, and do that. But, you know, just keep working on your technique. And, you know, of anything you do, um, you know, at it Buds, it's like you can't fight the water swimming. You know, it's like, if you don't have proper techniques, nothing can beat it. That's what
1: Mama Ocean, (laughs) Nothing can beat the water. Mama ocean owns your ass. uh, Everything.
2: You you, you can fight it as hard as you want. And usually, you know, the more muscle mass you have on your body, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'm five foot six. I'm one of the smaller (laughs) team guys there. I was, you know. When, when you made a height line in my buds class, it started with me, you know. surf
0: <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> you know? crew. Spurf crew. <laughs> you know?
2: Let's just say, you know, I didn't have the ideal swimmer's body, you know. I didn't look like Michael Phelps out there, you know. <laughs> but, uh, it, um, you know, in the first phase, definitely. uh so
1: what you're saying you know, is the class didn't guide off of you in the two-mile. <laughs> yeah, definitely,
2: definitely not. I think the first couple swims, you know, I, I was going into surf zone,
0: coming back out. You know? There's an the anchor man. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. So wait, did yeah, you get not- did you get rolled for swimming then in first phase? Yeah,
2: yeah, I got rolled. Uh, this is where the story gets really good. So I, I go through hell week. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, with two twelve, and uh, you know, I make it to the end of hell, all the way to the end of hydro. And, oh God! Um, I had only passed one swim, and it was the last swim. <laughs> and and honestly i was just getting everything down you know everybody can make excuses everybody's like oh it's my swim buddy and this and that and oh, I mean, what Indiana, time of the year was
1: it hey, what, uh, this is an important question important. what time what time of the, time of the yeah, year
2: was um, we we went through hell week i believe it was in march so it, it's just around starts march. doing
1: a step oh it's still a pretty good march it's still chilly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it was definitely chilly hell week so uh you know, you get, you get through first phase and all that. And, I mean, when you're a student, you don't know, you know, all the criteria. You know, now they do. You know, when I was an instructor, like, I don't know how all this stuff leaked on the internet or whatever. They know, oh, well, I passed this many swims and this and that. And <laughs> I here I go. Like, I didn't know it, bud. You know, I figured, hell, you know, I got to the point where I'm good. I passed the swim. This is great. <laughs> like,
1: and that's the point, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's the point. Right? Um, perfect. Perfect. You know, I i mean, I knew I wasn't the best, but, uh, you know, they, they bring us all up to, a, you know, i a few chits here and there, you know, for failed swims. And, you know, they, they bring people in for boards. This is the very last day of first phase, you know, already had my helmet painted blue, you know, and Huge so they, day. They, they, they start naming guys to come in the office. And, you know, some guys get rolled after hell week medically and stuff like that. And, So they're bringing guys in for their interviews. And so they named four guys. I was one of them. And they bring us in the room, you know, in the office there. You're standing in front of the man in the first phase office, you know, always a good feeling, you know. And uh, so they said, "Um, you know, each one of you guys has has failed in evolution multiple times. And we think the best thing to do with you guys is to roll you guys. And uh, it wasn't a huge surprise. And uh, so kind of like, okay, you know, here we go. All right. You know, they're going to roll me. And he said, we're going to roll you to one, one day. And oh. one, one day, and one, one day <laughs> means we're going to roll you to the first day of training. And uh, oh. so you're standing there in your brown shirt and, uh, you know, you got your other helmet painted blue already. ready to go to second phase. And that's what you were thinking before you went in that office. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you're going to go all the way through the hardest part of Bud's again.
1: Dude, hey, that's never quit. And, uh, well, that's hard that's oh part.
0: My, well, yeah. yeah.
2: And, and I just remember standing there like, wow, is this really happening? <laughs> now this is, you know, this sucks. And of course you're thinking to your mind, so does he mean I'm going through Hell Week again? <laughs> you know, this sure is really like not. four <laughs> weeks after you just got out of Hell Week. You know, you're still shell-shocked about going into water. And uh, I remember the senior chief in there said, yeah, and, and I'm talking, you're going through the entire, I think it was eight weeks back then, He said, you're going through the entire eight weeks again, which includes Hell Week, um, you know, and uh, you could DOR now, or if you want to go ahead and continue and roll into the next class, then go ahead and, uh, you know, sign this chit, and, and he looked at the first guy, he's like, what's your decision, and the guy's like, I'm not going through that again, and he DORs. And he says, next guy, same thing, DORs. The first three guys all said, I'm not going through it again. They all quit and went and put their helmet under the bell. We actually had the most uh, uh, post-Hell Week quitters ever in the history of Buds. Oh, wow. We had five guys quit during Walk Week. And then, you know, everybody always has their story. But it's legitimately (laughs) true. I spent (laughs) spent three years as an active duty instructor and almost five years as a civilian instructor. So I always looked up all these records and nobody ever believes it. (laughs) I mean, really, like we had five guys quit Walk Week, but then three guys come out and put their helmet on tourism. Like, I believe it was about eight quitters after that week. And, uh, um, but to finish this story, it, it came up, you know, and the uh, senior chief looked at me and he's like, Well, what's your decision? You're going to do what those guys did, DOR too? That seems like the thing to do today. And uh, I looked at him and I was like, uh, I'm still in trading, right? And he's like, Well, if you want to be, you're still in trading. And I said, Hey, I'm, I mean, I'm from a small town in, in Pennsylvania and I have no other plan. Like,
1: this is it. This is
2: my only plan.
1: <laughs> what else am I going to do? The pain I, like, is my plan.
2: You, like, this is my only plan. Like, I'm still trading, right? Go, well, if you sign this piece of paper now, <laughs> you're still trading, but you're going to, you know, you're, are you willing to take off that brown shirt, put a white shirt back on, and do the entire eight weeks again, including Hell Week? Are you willing to do that? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <I'm still training. laughs> I can still be a seal. And he's like, Well, yeah, you gotta go through that all again. I said, Yeah, I'm willing to do it. I was like, uh one question? And he's like, What's that? I go, uh when do I start? And he's like, Monday. I was like, Monday. <laughs> so he's like, Yeah, you got the weekend to recover. So I'm like, This is great. But I mean, honestly, back then, you know, now They've done a lot of, you know, like I said, you know, I spent a long time, you know, being an instructor and, and working in the program as a active duty guy and as a civilian. And and, and I took a lot of my lessons learned in, in the knowledge I had, you know, just for me going through BUDS like everybody does, you know, and try to help and implement the system. And definitely one thing, you know, that they learned, like back then, you know, when we were in BUDS, it was pretty common to roll guys to one one day just because, there wasn't any kind of rehabilitation program, yep. really. You know, it was I remember like, those, was you. that was that was rehabilitation. Brother, I, rolling
0: I, you back was rehabilitation. Dude, dude I, I got I got rolled three times, brother. I know what getting rolled back dude, is all. I had all two bad. guys in my class
1: <laughs> rolled back from the island to one one day. The one one day. And one and they both went back and, and they were doing again. log PT when we were graduating. I'll never forget it. And and one of them didn't make it, and one of them did.
0: That's awesome, dude. All right. I'm sorry, Mike, because this is an epic story. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what happened. Did you go to one one day?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Monday, there I am. Showed up. And uh luckily we had a better proctor that class. And it was funny actually, because that proctor was one of the meanest instructors there, and all of a sudden he turned into like one of the best guys. when he? Was your oh, proctor? You know, you see a flip around a uh, the guy named Doug Scholander. Oh, one of my,
0: he's one of my <laughs> favorites. Of my, he was him and Corey Knowles were the nightmares in my Hell Week. But I mean, he made more people quit than the plague. And but he turned out, I mean, one of the greatest guys, one of the greatest seals I've I've ever been exposed to for sure. But, but,
2: you know, it's it was one of those things where, I mean, it really was what I needed in the fact that going back and doing all of those swims again, you know, and, and like that's what I needed. I, I'm not sure I needed to do those uh, let long land portages, you know, <laughs> the, for, uh, land portages yeah. or or
0: how
1: we
2: yeah. <laughs> lions lope. Like I mean, yeah. uh The funny thing was, uh, I mean, the mental aspect of it, it the physical aspect was good. And the fact that I I became a really good swimmer, you know, and I was kind of like a middle to back of the pack runner, you know. And, you know, I just got to the point where I was like, you know, I wanted to be up there with the instructors. You know what I mean? And seeing guys quit, you know, that really, it just reinforced my mental when I was sitting there like, I'm doing this again. I was just doing this a month ago. You know, I went through Hell Week and I would just, I remember running with the boat on my head and, like, guys in the boat, you know, that are ducking out. I'm like, you think this is hard? This isn't shit. I'm like, we're going to do this for five days in Hell I week. love it. You I probably made people quick than the instructor like, I was like, get out of here, you pussy. Yeah, right, you know, man. it was <laughs> like, you know, well, I mean, it was, like, tough. And sure, like, the instructor saw that, you know, and, you know, Scholler would always be running with us. You know, he was kind of a short guy, too, so he'd be back. I was a Smurf crew, you know, no big surprise. No. You know, so... You know, he's kind of like you know, back there. He'd be like, you know, you always be motivating that one guy, you know, who runs their guys out of the boat. You know, so yep. like, run him out, Mike. Run him out. You know, like, get him out of here. You know, <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of became that guy, you know, and, and you just wanted to be up there, you know, especially after being enrolled. You know, it was kind of like when you were in that office. The last thing they said to you was, you know, you're getting another shot, but if I ever see you in this office sure. again, yeah. you're done for anything. You're like, done. You're done. You're so done. Mike, you know? Mike,
0: I got a quick question for you. That's a that's a big hit to to most people out there, and people out there take those kind of hits on a regular basis in their lives. And they're have they're forced to go back to the beginning to start over, if you will. But as as you so eloquently put, I mean, just in that office alone, in that in that board, three guys who had made it, they they weren't willing to do it because of the the magnitude of the pain that was involved that weekend. Did you go through any, uh, you know, uh, you know, were you, did you get nervous about the decision? What were you thinking about that weekend that got you fired up to then catapult yourself to be the guy who wanted to be in the front of every run, every swim, every everything? What did you think about?
2: I, you know, I had had some faults back at, uh, like I said, back in high school, you know, I was, uh, uh, all state wrestler and stuff and you know, my senior year, I, I got upset in the district tournament, you know, and uh, I was one of the highest seated guys. And basically, got upset right away. So I basically, you know, had to fight back through the tournament, you know, just to qualify, you know, to, for the next tournament. And, uh, you know, that was a huge setback in my life where I could have said, yeah, I had a good career, you know, and, and you know, th- this isn't, you know, that big a deal, you know, I, you know, whatever, you know, if I win, I win, if I lose, I lose, you know, but I was kind of like, that, that was the time of my life where I was like, you know what? I have to fight for this. This is something I worked for, you know, my whole time, you know, since I wrestled at eight years old, you know, it's like I'd fought for this, you know, and, and I came all the way back through, you know, and qualified for the state tournament, in Pennsylvania and stuff. So, so I had had that. I thought back on that. Um, definitely. <laughs> it, it was tough, but going through first phase again, but you, you know, like you say, you know, with anything and, and that was probably, you know, the best, you know, going back through buds though, you know, that, Everything else in life, you know what I mean, and tragic situations, you know, it's it's it doesn't really compare to that, you know. But getting in that mental mindset, you know, I just stayed focused on the goal. You know, that's the thing. I knew there was still the ability to become a Navy SEAL; the ability was still there. I still had the opportunity. You know, just give me the opportunity. You know, if I I'm going to fail, it's going to be on me, but I, I had the opportunity. It was still there, you know, and they were giving it to me. And, you know, in, in my mindset, I was just saying, you know what? Just take one evolution at a time. Amen. Just better yourself. Uh, and like I said, I went back, and that was a Friday and when we got rolled. And, and that Saturday, um, uh, one of the instructors, actually, uh, a really good guy, was the third phase instructor named Phil Ryan.
0: Awesome. mug, you know? Awesome. mug, yeah. and,
2: and, and Phil was friends with, uh, with Doug Schollin. And
0: Mike Getka, who were
1: also first oh, at this. Mike Getka. <laughs> hammer.
0: Hammer time. The hammer. The,
1: hammer, the Dude, hammer. He called my name out on a golf course years after training. And I still had that shiver and back in my, your head. You're
0: like, I started uh, I started
1: looking for water. I was like, man. He's like, Charlie, Mike Getka, if you're out there, we love you, bro. Yeah, we you're love you. The hardest you. man I have ever, ever,
0: ever ever met. <laughs>
2: Oh, he's still out there. I've run into him a few places <laughs> he's definitely still out. He's cheated death a few times. Oh man so.
0: <laughs> all right, Mike, so very terrifying. Uh, very amazing terrifying. <laughs> story of resilience, man. I love those stories. I mean, the guys that make it straight through, no problems, all that commend them, high fives. But it's those those stories of perseverance and resilience and grit that really and are, are close to my heart because I had to do it three times. But, Let's take that experience and fast forward now. Uh, I I know you, you know you and I were new guys in the teams in in the same era and time and then going into that next platoon and let's talk about that first trip, that first trip down range where it was for real and those those first real hardships that you faced within, you know, your platoon and and, and being in combat. How how often did that that, you know, reset point of that you knew you could overcome and face the adversity, how often did you call upon that in, in those really extreme environments?
2: Well, definitely, I mean, as you, as you guys know in the teams, you know, the more you're inoculated to those adverse situations, you know, it, the, the more that you're going to be receptive to it, you know, like it's never easy, you know, just like I say, it's the old embrace the suck You know, but, uh, you know, I believe like nothing prepares you, you know, you can never be fully prepared for combat. It's just like when you're trying to pregame a gunfight, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're trying to tell civilians when they're on the range, you know, taking these civilian you know, courses, you know, I'm trying to, you know, they're like, I'm going to run to that car and go to that barrel. And it, well, guess what? There's not a car and a barrel in every situation in life. You know, <laughs> it's like, what, what if somebody ambushes you in a parking lot or a shopping mall? Because that never happens. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? So, you, you know, you can't always pregame what you're going to do in life, you know, and you just have to prepare and train yourself for every situation, you know, in any kind of environment. And, you know, that's basically what we do in the teams. But, you know, once you get over there, you know, from my experience, uh, you know, my, my first experience actually in any kind of war zone, uh, was actually early in, in my career. We actually is before post nine 11 pre nine 11 is that we went into, into Kosovo and, uh, yeah, I mean, and back then, you know, Kosovo and Bosnia were really the, the only big theaters happening. And, uh, you know, there's some stuff going on in the Philippines and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I just remember going over there and, uh, and, you know, realizing going to some of our first operations, a lot of them were reconnaissance operations and stuff like that. But, you know, just really having to square your stuff away and knowing that you're going out there, uh, you know, there's bad guys out there, you know, people that wanted to do harm to you, you know, that, you know, that really brings a feeling to you like, you know, y- you really have to have your shit squared away. You know, it, it, it just brings that real factor to it. Um And I think, For me, that that really helped me out even, um, you know, when we first went into Afghanistan, you know, um, I I think it was early 2002 when when we went into Afghanistan. You know, I I think we were the second East Coast platoon to go into Afghanistan, Um, you know, and it was a lot, you know, we were just really trying to figure out, you know you know, what the enemy was and how to fight the enemy, you know, in that environment and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, being at SEAL Team 2 Um, and I uh, was, it, we, we never did any real desert training. You know, everybody was just <laughs> kind of specific to their training environment. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. SEAL Team 2, you're a winter warfare god. SEAL Team 4, you're a jungle god, you know? SEAL Team 3, you know, you're a desert god, STV, yeah. you knew the STV, you know? It was like, Everybody, team green. one,
0: we were Thailand gods, right? Yeah, yeah. that's about it.
2: Se- Seal team five is volleyball and surfing. I mean, I was at five too when I went to the West Coast. So I was like, Yeah, send me to five. I was like,
1: Five going to five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard about Fridays there,
2: <laughs> but but you know, it just a, a lot of the, a lot of those. Lessons learned from that just came, you know. It was like it was great, you know, to be a master of your environment, you know. But then it was like, you know, we learned, you know, it's not one team that's going to sit there and fight the war for ten years. But I mean, back then I was deployed during nine eleven. I mean, we were getting ready to go do an exercise in uh, in in Sardinia. Uh, we were sitting at the unit in Germany, and we we're on a bus and. Uh, I remember we we're getting ready to head to the airport in Grafenvere and the XO come running on a bus. And he said, hey, a, a plane just ran into one of the Twin Towers. And, you know, when the first plane went in, nobody you know really I, knew what was happening, you know. And we're like, holy cow, really? He's like, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's happening, but you know, just be aware, you know. And you know, we're on, you know, a, a bus. So we, so we get to, uh, Ro- or actually, we went to Rodstein. So we got to Rodstein Airport. And I remember going in and we went in a pilot's lounge and people were just going nuts, going crazy, you know. And, uh, and we we're like, holy cow, I'm Like, yes, yeah, it's this terrorist attack. You know, another plane hit the Pentagon and the other Twin Towers and they're both on fire. And I remember just sitting in, on the base there, you know, just watching. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, everybody got on comms and, uh, you know, we, obviously we kanked the exercise. We went and loaded up every platform, insertion platform, known to man. You know, I mean, locking and loaded right there, you know, locking down the base. You know, I mean, nobody really knew what was happening, Um, you know. So, I mean, we had, you know, every insertion plat double stacked. I mean, I was there, Ops Rep. We were just building, building every platform. We had the SBU guys in there, you know, building, you know, stacking up uh, boats and stuff like that. I mean, we had everything going on, and then it was just kind of hurry up and wait, Uh, Mm -hmm. you you know. Like, we really didn't know what was going on. we ended up getting extended on that deployment um, and, and waiting there in uh, in Germany. And uh, we got extended a few months, which, you know, in the teams, you always think, like, you know, if you're downrange when the balloon goes up, you know, you're, there. <laughs> you're, you're at the right place, right time. And, you know, back there, we really thought, like you know, it was just going to be a couple raids and we were going to go kill this bin Laden guy and, like, <laughs> shit was going
1: to You know what I mean? Here we come. Like, yeah, yeah hey, stand you by. You know,
2: like, on the new I mean, you're just sitting there glued to the news, you know, jocked up in your barracks, you know, <laughs> everything, like, waiting, you know, and they're talking about this new character, bin Laden, you know, people are first hearing about, and, you know, and al-Qaeda, and, you know, the Taliban, and I, I, my, my uh, LPO, my platoon, who just made chief, he spent, like, 10 years at at dev group, you know, and he's like, you know, this is the first time, you know, I've sat off the coast of places for a long time and like, this is it, you know, he was just as happy as us, you know, and so, you know, you know, we we were all happy and everything. And and the other platoons came and they sent extra platoons out and we're waiting there and waiting there. And then all of a sudden, you know, like I said, after a couple of months, we get the bad phone call. All right, return home.
0: Because <laughs> when the balloon oh, goes man.
1: up, it's not if you're in country, it's the boys behind, it's you. Right behind <laughs> it's you, it's right behind you, it's everybody behind you. So if you're a train, right? you're like,
0: yes, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I was like, oh, you know, we're getting on the airplane, and like, this is how are going back, doing a whole other workup and deployment. Like, it's gonna be two years. This war ain't gonna be lasting two years. I mean, it's gonna be over in
0: six months. We right. just missed it, you know, and
2: you know, little do you know, <laughs> you know, 16
1: years, years later,
0: later like. Uh, but uh, So fast forward, Mike, you know.
1: He, he went, had an awesome career.
0: Well, it's amazing. Because it he really wasn't done. Was, that's not the end of it. No, no. He, he went to Team 5. You got to be in the Ramadi. battle, the battle, yeah, battle of with Marcus. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that was a, if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, there's a wonderful, you pay real tribute to one of our brothers on the Forged website. And really what the catalyst for you wanting to you know figure out how to pay tribute to our brothers in a meaningful way can you can you describe a little bit that moment where that light went off in your head that said hey you know there's something beyond my carrying a gun in life that I'm going to be able to continue service what h- help us understand that moment in your career
2: you, you know it's actually you know kind of a strange moment in my career cuz I, I even now when i like when I, when I reflect on it and, and try to figure it out myself, I'm still a little confused because, uh, <laughs> like Marcus said, you know, we deployed together into Ramadi and, uh, you know, we relieved uh, the Team 3 platoon that was over there where uh, Mikey Monsoor had been killed and Mark Lee had been killed and you know, several guys had been injured in that platoon. And, you know, we knew what we were getting ourselves into and we knew it was dangerous and everybody was fired up. And uh, I had joined the platoon a little bit later. Um, I, I'd left uh, my instructor duty early because yeah, a spot opened up in there, you know. And it was just like, just like Marcus said, <laughs> I had a pretty unbelievable career. I've had, God, dude, I, yeah, I, that's I, crazy. I've had, I've had some couple. I've had some good openings, you know, pop up, you know, and some good offers. And, I mean, those
1: dudes and, chase their careers looking for those wars. I mean, he, Kosovo, Afghanistan, it falls in
2: his lap, man. <laughs> yeah. When it was the worst, it, yeah, God. It,
0: dude. It, it,
2: it, 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 so I came, over. actually, Marcus was the first guy I ran into over there, and uh, I'd already met his brother Morgan a few times, and I didn't realize he had a twin brother, and uh, he just looked at me, I was like, hey, what's up, brother? And he's like, hey, and I was like, this guy's a real asshole. <laughs> <I was> like,
0: <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I hear all the time, people are constantly- <laughs> I, I, I said,
2: I, I said I've, met, I've already met you a few times. And then he looked at me. He goes, "I've never met you in my life." And <laughs> you're uh, like,
0: "Wait, am I losing my mind?" Because well, I was in the hospital. Yeah. It was right I mean, after I mean, Afghanistan. Yeah. And Morgan got to the straight, team early. It really it, was not too long <laughs>
1: after he got there. So. Morgan checked on board like three months before me. And I was in the hospital. And once I got out, I checked back in, and that's when I ran into him. I,
0: I think I just got there, hadn't I? I was like. <laughs> so, Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, you don't have any clue that what he just went through, and you're like, "What an asshole, dude!"
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, I turned around and I hear, "Hey, what's up, Mike?" And it's it's Morgan, and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, "Holy Christ!" There's two of you. <laughs> 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 so I, I mean, it probably just slipped my mind, <laughs> but oh, uh, well, after that, yeah, you know, everybody was super welcoming, and uh, you know, you know, it was uh, it was great to get in into that platoon and. I mean, it was just, you know, right away, you know, it was like, boom, get your gear on, you know, it, it, it was a big change of pace, you know, you, you just leave instructor duty, you know what I mean, you come over and it's boom, like you're in the platoon, man, you know, we're running a gun and you know, I was, I was it, it, and you know, that back then, you know, that's when we started, you know, moving into like task units and troop size <laughs> yeah. movement, you know, right. where you were working with bigger groups and stuff we were bringing in more players and more elements, you know, so, you know, it's a lot of you know, just dry runs, a lot of Mount work, you know, a lot of urban stuff and, you know, everybody was real welcoming. We jumped right in there. I actually, you know, running point man on some operations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it was really, it was really good. Everybody in the platoon was great, you know, and there, there was quite a few guys in there that I'd put through bud You Yeah. Know? So of course you <laughs> cool. come as an instructor, you know, like,
1: and oh, and those man, guys, had, those again. guys have done two platoons back to back together. Yeah. They didn't get broken up. Right. So he and I, Morgan, and two others got dropped into a platoon that had been together
0: for for two. For two, yeah, deployment. that's that's awesome. So in, in that deployment, you know, was there a moment? Because Marcus talks, you know, about it, and he chatted it a little bit when we had Chad Fleming on. That you know there was a, a different era or different or a uh, different energy going on because of the intensity of the conflict, the intensity and and also you know coming off of, of Mike Mansour and 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 Mark Lee and w- w- did you feel that focus within the or within everybody that hey this is real this uh, not that it hadn't been before but man we really got to get focused we really got to bring that team that never quit mindset to the battle space every single day was that palpable
2: oh yeah definitely uh, i mean Like I said, you know, when we went into Afghanistan, there was a little transition period in there. You know, we landed in Kandahar, we got there, we had time to unpack and get our stuff together. You know, it was early in the war. You know, it took a lot of planning, you know, to figure out the missions. You know, there was a lot of intel gathering where Ramadi, like the city was mapped out. You know, it's like Team 3 did a good job of really like putting all the outposts in the city and Really kind of gaining control of it, I would say it'd be like, you know, putting police stations in downtown Los Angeles or in South Central Los Angeles. You know, the criminals are still out there, but we we established, you know, some good, you know, strongholds and some strong police stations there. But, you know, we still have to go police the villains out there. We have to get
1: to them. Yeah, Yeah.
2: (laughs) that was the problem. (laughs) so, 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 I mean. There, there was definitely, you know, I mean, there was literally like we landed, put our stuff in the back of the truck and they were like, lock and load your weapons. Like we got to drive to the base. Like we might get contacted from like where we're driving into the base, you know, and and, like and remember oh, the, really remember the <laughs> short route
1: was, was, was IED. Like they can't, you can't even go down it. So we had to drive around the lake. Remember that it took <laughs> seven hours. And, well, and it was too, well, oh. that, that was, that was always the choice. The choice <laughs> was,
2: well, here's what we're going to do. You could drive, well, follow Pathfinder around the lake, which they move about four miles an hour, to oh. clear the road. And it's going to take you seven hours to get there. Or we could take the back route. No one clears it, but there's only been four IEDs there this week. So uh, Your and you're usually at the same place. So if you just avoid there, you know, and, and, and now if you look back on it, you're like, it's just crazy. <laughs> but, but
1: no battle you know, rhythm. I mean,
2: that was really your choice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, we hadn't even made it to base yet. and I. Uh,
0: you're like, wait a minute. Just go up there,
1: all that flight over there. I mean, as soon as we walked out there, like, get your rifle. I mean, literally <laughs> you're, like,
0: you're like, you're like, really? You're, well, hey. well, first they, they pull up
2: in an up-armored six-by, which has about a dozen rounds into the impacted into the <laughs> blast in front of it, Shots there's, it. <laughs> there, there's rounds and stuff on the side of, of the, I can't what do we call that thing
1: Omega Supreme Optimus Supreme yeah, uh,
2: Omega Supreme, Supreme yeah Omega Supreme <laughs> I'm not a huge Transformers fan so one of those two <laughs> but I,
1: mean, that <laughs> no, thing pulls I am don't up worry there you're like all
2: right let's get in this thing like hopefully that didn't happen on the ride over you know <laughs> so,
0: oh my god but,
2: but But, you know, just getting there and, you know, and getting the debrief from the Team 3 guys, you know, and like, you know, we knew a lot of those guys, some of those guys I'd known since Bud's and, you know, just seeing, you know, how they were reacting, you know, just from, you know, all the casualties they had taken in their platoon and, you know, just the level of seriousness. And, you know, when we did the turnover briefs and how everybody, how squared away their kit was, you know, they had everything laid out. They had pictures laid out, you know. And Jocko, you know, he was the task unit commander for those guys. You know how intense
1: Ed. Jocko
2: oh. is. You know, and, and Leif Babin was their OIC. You know, so just having guys like that giving you debriefs and and letting you know just how intense everything was and, you know, just how locked and loaded you need to be, how physically fit you needed to be to get through that city, you know, and, and how tight your kit had to be, how the vehicles had to be rigged. I mean, it was like, there was no time to, it wasn't like the old deployments where you're like, all right, we're going to go out and have a <laughs> beer, and then we're going to talk
1: about it. Let's talk about this later. Like, hey, we just got off an airplane, there. man. We, give us a couple Give, give us a couple days. We well, got some jet lag right. going on. <laughs> Dude, I remember that first, that shakeout patrol we did, uh, Rocket Sauce, just because, uh, hey, yeah. you guys squared away. Oh, sure. Yeah, we are. Remember Leif and all, a few of them guys j- took us on an op around the city, just it, a shakeout patrol. Yeah. I was praying we got in a gunfight because I I was had my how just remember everything was so heavy I wasn't streamlined. <laughs> and when we got back. That's Jocko said, "Fix it." That's, you know how he is, man. He's just like, "Fix it." <laughs> and, I mean, you're stripping stuff. Light is good, Lord, man. They were there in the summertime, man. We
0: were there in the winter, so it's a little different. But yeah. God dang, man. yeah, that's hardcore. So, Mike, just- in 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 that moment, that, that pivotal moment after you experience that you know your, your teammate getting hammered a little bit and and really, you know feeling the effects of that what was the spark that that really birthed the idea of forged man
2: well like i said uh you know when things happen like that you know you know people get injured you know good friends years close to you you know and you see that firsthand you know it's like it's just one of the you know those you know experiences you know and not not that you know i hadn't already had friends in the teams injured or whatever you know or anything like that but it you know, it, you know, when, when you're working on a guy right next to you, you know, and, you know, he's bleeding out his femoral artery and you don't know if he's going to live or die, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, you it, it just kind of makes you think, you know, where you're like, man, I was just talking to this guy. We were just having a conversation about what we're going to be doing next year. You know, you know, we we're talking, you know, he's a big mountain biker and stuff like that. And he wanted to do all this stuff and that, you know, and just realizing like, holy cow, man, like, you know, this guy's life's path just changed in a split second. You know what I mean? Like that was, one that was of a bad my one, good yeah. friends. You know, you know, one of my good friends. You know, it, it, like his his path in life and his hopes and dreams and everything. You know, just changed a little bit. You know, and uh, just kind of eye opening. You know, I mean, you accept it. You know, everybody in special forces, anybody in the military, for that matter, knows like what the risk is. You know, you know what the risk involved is, but you know, just seeing it firsthand like that, you know, it just kind of started making me think, you know, it was like, life is short, you know, think about, you know, what you want to do, you're only going to be in the military. So long. doesn't matter who you are, you know, they're not going to keep you in the military forever. Even if you want to stay in, you know, 30 years, you know, that you're going to have to do something else after the military. And, uh, you know, that, that's just kind of, uh, you know, what got me thinking and stuff like that. And, uh, um, you know, I'd always had the kind of the entrepreneur mindset. Yeah, uh, I, I it, it, you know, when you're overseas deployed, especially in a war zone, like,
0: you got a lot of time. <laughs> the <to> ideas, think. <laughs> you got a lot of time to think. You know what I mean? Like, you,
2: you, you know, it's like, how did I watch every TV show imaginable? You know, and, and still, and then borrow like,
1: my my neighbors <laughs> and run <laughs> out. I was in his room every day. And hey, You got anything I haven't seen yet? No, well, let me watch something I have seen. Then. Let's just start <laughs> yeah. over. Let's start from A again. You know, I'd always walk in, or he walk, I'd sit down and actually pull out the, the CD thing and, th- and look through it as if there was going to be
0: something new something in there. like there's extra <laughs> bonus features for Marcus's second oh time around.
1: <laughs> How, when we get shut down and investigate it, I'd be like, oh, here we go. Hope it's not a long one. I don't have any more seasons left. That's when guys are getting real good. When you see the guys getting real good shape, that's when all the movies have been watched.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. But so, yeah, you're you're in like that last two-month window before right. you're coming home, you know? Uh, so you're, just, you're just shredded, you know? It's like the cans of tuna are yeah. just sitting in the chow hall for the first four months because the last platoon left them there, or they just keep stacking up. And it's like that military-grade tuna. You know, it's just like black with this white tuna on there. And no one eats that shit. And then all of a sudden, about two months before you're coming home, you can't find any people who are hoarding it, you know? Yeah. I'm just living on rippets and Tuna and Beef Jerky and Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it's wh- like,
0: why, why Forge though? I mean, was it, it was was did you see the success of Affliction and Tap Out and some of the other brands that people compared you guys to early on? What 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 was the inspiration that this is the vehicle for my transition out of the military
2: i mean truthfully i kept coming up with ideas so and marcus could probably attest to this uh you, you know before we were coming home you know if, if there wasn't a mission that night you know we'd all kind of sit around the fire you know stoking the fire and shooting his shit and uh you know, I I start running ideas by, you know, you know, how you get an idea in your head and you, you just can't even sleep. You're so excited about it. And oh. then like two days later, you bring it up and your buddy start poking holes in it. And you're like, God, that really is a dumb idea. You know, or you're like, <laughs> or you're like, or, or you're like you don't know, man, you don't know. It's going to be successful. See you know? <laughs> I'm going to start a coffee company and sell coffee for four dollars. You know, like whatever, you know, So the like Starbucks in 1982 or whatever. You know, it's like, but uh <laughs> But uh, I, I remember bringing it up to some of the guys, and we were sitting out there. I remember Morgan was out there. I think Marcus is out there too. And uh, I didn't actually have the name forged in mind. The first name I actually had was Knox, like hard Knox, you know, K N O X. Yep. Um, and, and I kind of brought up like I, I'd like to take it, you know, just make it apparel brand, kind of like you know, bring the whole like see, uh, you know, team guy, never quit strength to adversity, you know, that whole attitude, like, like, you know, not like put on a t-shirt and sell it, but that, that whole meaning that mantra, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I, I wanted to bring something with a meaning, kind of that whole team guy mindset, you know, and it, and, and show people what that is, you know, and show people how we can help them and, um, you know, and, and help out the community also, you know, with what I'm doing, and. And some of the guys are like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea, you know. I mean, just like everything they say, some guys are like, that's the stupidest idea I ever heard. You'll of, you never know? do that. And they're like, that's retired. What do you know about making t-shirts? Like, did you even graduate high school? Like, <laughs> Nothing. That's why it's gonna work.
0: I don't know anything about it. That's I don't know why it's gonna work. A damn thing about yeah. it. No <laughs> mistakes.
2: Exactly. No and, bad uh, habits. Uh you know, and uh, and when we got back, actually, uh, a couple of the guys got together. And are like, hey, you know, uh, you know, we should make a, a, a shirt to represent, you know, the platoon, and uh, you know, for for one of the wounded guys, Elliot, you know. And uh, so a, a couple of the guys got together and, and made a t shirt, you know, and guys were wearing them around and everything, and and that's what kind of sparked the idea. So you know, then uh, you know, I, I made a shirt and uh, I just kind of you know put it out around the team. You know what I mean? The old trunk of your car, yeah, you know, yeah. like and, and guys started asking for, you know, hey, man, let me get one of those, man. Hey, let me get one of those. And, uh, you know, I really didn't know anything about it. And, uh, you know, I, I teamed up with one of my good friends, uh, Ryan Williams, uh, who was another team guy who uh, was a, a roommate at the time. And he knew a little bit about graphic design and stuff, you know. So,
0: you know, he's like, yeah, let's try it out. What the hell? You know, so. Well, well, so he I remember, man, I walked into Danny's one day, and you and Ryan were in the back selling the Gold Leaf Forge Tribute shirt. And I remember walking up and i and I just thought it was a really cool design. It popped off that shirt. that gold leaf was killer. You know, I was in the kind of you know I was an art major in school, and I remember it just stopped me and going, "Damn, there's some creative team guys oh, out there."
1: I still have my Invicta shirt. But
0: but what really hit me the most that day was when I asked you guys, "Why are you selling the shirt and who's it for?" And you talked about the gold guys, and and you know I think for me, Mike, and we've talked about this, one of the most phenomenal aspects of of who you are and what your company does is that, that 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 desire to give back through these you know that mentality that mindset the never quit attitude the invict- invictus desire is is always there so why is that such a pivotal part of Forged? and and tell us about some of the other shirts you've done that uh, you know have that meaning behind it
2: you know we, we always wanted to give back you know and 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 we really did from even the very first shirts that we sold, you know, we made donations to Navy seal foundation or, you know, we just, (laughs) and we really didn't know how to run a business back then. I'm not even sure we were really even a legal business. Um, (laughs) you know, like, and when we did, you know, do the gold team shirts for the three gold team members that were killed, um, you know, we ended up raising about $3,000 in the, in the bar that night. And, uh, And, you know, we just wrote a check to each family member, you know, we found out who it was, you know, and just wrote him a check, you know, and, you know, back then we thought that's just all you had to do, you know, and, uh, (laughs) it just, it just did that, you know, but, you know, I mean, it was great because it, 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 and seeing some of the gold team guys actually represent it and wearing it. And, you know, I had quite a few friends that were on gold team then, you know, and said, Hey man, this is really awesome. What you're doing. And, uh, you know, all the family members, you know, wrote in and, and wrote a letter, you know, and, uh, and uh, I remember there was actually a guy who works in the apparel industry who, who lived in Coronado behind Danny's, had no idea who he was. And he really didn't know much about Danny's either. And he came in and saw everybody buying his shirts. And he's like, oh, my gosh, how much did you raise so far? I was like, I think you raised about $2,500 to $3,000. He's like, in a bar? How long you guys been here? Like, I don't know, uh, like two hours? He's like, oh, my gosh, here, here's my card. He's like, you Guys, got something here, man. Like, you got a hell of a following, and 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 he actually helped. He was the first guy to ever be like, Man, like, how much are you paying for t shirts? Like, uh, $15. How much are you selling it for? 20. Wow, (laughs) like, you're gonna go broke real fast. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and you're giving all the money away. We're like, Yeah, he's like, Yeah, you're really gonna go broke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not like (laughs) business 101, is it, right there? That's team guy business.
2: We're like, well, we got day jobs, you know, so, you know, we're getting our name out there. He goes, no, that's not the meaning of getting your name out there. He's like, you still have to make some money. He's like, that's at the awesome. end of the day. So, so he, he actually helped us out, kind of configure us and, and hooked us up with a few people. But yeah, that was one of the very few, if I'm not mistaken, that was, you know, that was one of the first, uh, uh tribute t-shirts that we did once we were established as the brand forged. And, uh, and that's actually a funny story. Uh, like I said, the whole Knox thing, um, you know, I, I I got back off deployment and, uh, you know, you save up some money on deployment and, uh, I I didn't have a ton of money saved up to start a company or anything. So uh, basically I I invested all the money I had into the company Knox, you know, which at that time, I think it was about (laughs) $15,000 and we had already, we had already printed all that uh, money, all that apparel up. And, uh, we had four different shirts, and we get a, a cease and desist letter in the mail from another company called KNOXX that is like in of California. And, and they're like, Yeah, you know, you could trademark infringement, and, da, da, da. and you know. So I call a lawyer, you know, and he charges me about $180 for the phone call, and uh, you know, then tells me, oh, I need a $1,500 retainer, you can fight this. And so now I'm sitting there, like, Oh my god, like, like we got nobody all of our money's tied up in a brand that somebody's already has trademarked or likelihood of confusion and and you talk about facing adversity again you know and uh this was literally this was actually after I'd got out. this is like a month after I'd decided to leave the military oh wow. I, didn't, I didn't have I didn't have the biggest plan in the world you know it was like when I went back in to, first phase the second time, like, I'm just going to do it, you know, it's, like, it. it's not the best advice for people out there listening, you know, or <laughs> entrepreneurs, like the best advice is just believe in yourself, you know, bet on the horse, believe in yourself, um, you know, but uh, I didn't actually have a solid job lined up. And so it's it, it, pretty interesting story how I came up with the name Forge, which Forge is a, a thousand times better than Knox is anyway. Um <laughs> Oh, it's pretty hard to figure out a brand name. You know, you try to trademark something these days, you know, you start, you get wow. a good idea in your head, you fall in love with it. And then you look online you're like, oh my God, you know, it's trademarked. Somebody else you had know? it
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. We know that one. Yeah. We know that one.
2: So, um, I actually was looking, I don't know how I, I was going through my closet and I go by my old Bud's Hell Week t-shirt and there sits my old Bud's Hell Week t-shirt from Bud's class 212 and the saying on it says the hardest steel is forged in the hottest fires cool and i said that about yeah, three times ones. in my head the hardest steel is forged and i'm like forged and then i think like you know what do we use in the teams you know uh, i mean you say like forge is a hardening process you know like is that guy forged you know is he forged in combat you know anything important in life when you talk about like the kind of america was forged you know texas was forged you know, you know, they're just the meaning of for, forged, you know, it's to form with great uh, concentration, you know, by heating and hammering, beat into shape, you know. That's <laughs> yeah, really, really, hot really, really cold. <laughs> you know, that's the textbook definition of forged, you know. And like once I looked up the definition, you know, and I'm thinking like that's oh you know, forged in combat, you know, forged by diversity, you know, forged in battle, forged in fire. You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why the hell they ever come up with Knox? This is the stupidest name ever. <laughs> was, I'm like, that idiot's going to be broke. And I don't even know if the company's in business anymore.
0: <laughs> so you've but, gone uh, on, you've gone on, and you've you, you've taken this wonderful brand, this wonderful concept that you know really embodies our community. I believe in, and, and, and have gone so much further with it. And and in particular, one of the things that we just talked about yesterday in our, our pre-call. Was what you're doing now with your latest shirt, um, uh, and and I, if you could just tell the audience why you wanted to do this shirt because it's 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 going outside of your your normal kind of shirts and just share what share with our listeners why you're doing this.
2: Well, right now we're we're doing a uh, we're actually doing a campaign for uh, Fallen Officer in San Diego. Here, um, I'm sure you know most of the listeners will be familiar with it. Um, a guy named J.D. De Guzman. he was an officer of 16 years uh, on the force with the uh, San Diego PD. He was actually on a special gang task force, and uh, him and his partner were ambushed in a, a routine traffic stop in, in a gang area. Uh, there, it, there's not a lot of details uh, that have been uh, released about it yet, so um, I, I just know, really, you know, what, what I've learned from the press, too. But uh, the basics are, you know— they were doing a, a routine stop, and they were just ambushed, um, point blank range. And uh, JD De Guzman was, was shot. They both had bulletproof vests on, too, from what I uh, read on the internet, and uh, what from what I've heard. And and JD was just—they were shot multiple times, and, and uh, he went down. And uh, his other partner, uh, Wade Irwin, was also shot and in critical condition. Um, Wade has. Uh, been uh, moved to stabilized condition, and uh, they're, they're pretty sure that he's going to be able to make a full recovery. Um, but uh, I, I just, you know, it, 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 and, and I don't want to just focus on this one subject, because, you know, just, you know, in your backyard in Texas, you know, the same thing has happened, you know, and Louisiana, the same thing has happened, you know, and uh, uh, I don't know if it's just the the relativity of the media now, you know, how quick we get information, but it, it just seems like I don't remember all of these, you know, attacks on law enforcement being so prevalent. And uh, I, I just woke up that day, you know, just like anything, you know, you wake up and, you know, I, I, always, you know, I get up and I, I'm an old man. I get up and watch the news every morning, and drink my coffee and, you know, and caffeine and hate.
0: And- <laughs> <laughs> <You know, it's laughs> That's
1: <Is> that the <laughs> definition. I do that, too. Is that what old men do? I, I,
0: I, I don't do it that yeah, you yeah, I do. Yeah, you yeah, do. do. Thank you. Stop. you I mean, right. I'm not. I'm Stop. not at the point yeah, putting do.
2: whiskey in my coffee yet, so I don't. Think
0: <laughs> that's soup. That's that's when you're salty and old. That's a cheese package, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, senior cheese package. <laughs> that's senior's package.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so you know, I got up, do my morning routine, and and I just saw, you know, and uh, I think it was uh Fox News or CNN. It was one of the bigger stations, and. They started talking about the shooting at San Diego, you know, shooting. And I was like, I recognize, you know, I, like, that looks like San Diego, you know, was downtown. I live downtown. And then they like, yeah, you know, they started talking about the shooting last night, in San Diego. One officer had been killed and one is in, cri- in critical condition, you know, and, uh, you know, you just get that feeling of, man, I, I can do something to make a difference, you know, and-, and we've done it, you know, with other, you know, team guys in the past, you know, and it helped out other foundations in the past or, you know, helped guys, you know, foundations, you know, guys who have perished, you know, and they have foundations for scholarships and other things and, you know, whatever it is, it's just that ability to help, you know, and and, and sometimes it just, it-, it just becomes an overwhelming feeling when When you know you can do something to help, you know, it's like that team guy mentality. It's like if you drive by, you're in a neighborhood and you don't even know where you are. or You're overseas on vacation and you see somebody committing a crime or or slapping, you know, some lady around, you know, and you just know, you know, I have to do something, you know, just as a good human being. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, "I I have to do something. You know what I mean? Even though it may be dangerous or you're putting yourself out there. You know, and you just you just have that feeling, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe everybody doesn't get that feeling. But I know probably most team guys do or, you know, most special forces guys or, you know, guys, you know, in law enforcement, you know, firefighters, guys that are
1: in a, a service, you know, to protect and serve. Kind of born you know? into you, I think, when you come because you're like, hey, send me all the time when something <laughs> would go down with us, like send us, send, send yeah. us. We'll go. We we'll want to go. go. Whatever it. is, we'll go. That's the only reason we're here, because we'll go. I don't care what it is. Just go.
2: Like we we used to have written on the wall, you know, in Iraq, Marcus can attest to this, and and I don't want to take credit for it because it was written up there by the Team Three platoon, but you know, it would say, "If not me, then who?" You know, "If not me, then who's going to do it?" You know, and you might not want to do it, but if not me, yeah, then who? My you know, favorite who one was, uh,
1: "If uh, if every if every team guy were like me, where would the teams be?"
0: Yeah, yeah, that was yeah a that's good a good one, one too. too. Well, I, I tell you what, Mike, you know, I I think y- you are the you know the absolute example of who will do it i mean just listening and and knowing you for as long as i've known you and, and just your commitment to the seal teams has been amazing uh both in and out as an instructor as an operator as a civilian instructor and now you know your commitment to your business uh and to the people that are loyal to the forge brand i know i am i have I have four shirts that I wear regularly and, and, and I'm super proud of in particular, you know, the legend shirt that you guys made and raised over, if I'm not mistaken, about like one point four or five million dollars for for Taya and everybody. Uh, you know, it's you're you're doing the things that you you, you say are true. And, and I just go back to that place, man, where, you know, you, you didn't quit when you got rolled you could have quit when you were staring at it all again hell week again twice in hell week but you didn't quit and i and i think marcus you and i uh can both just extend just this warm you know gratitude and thanks to you for coming on and sharing your stories with our listeners
1: yeah i mean i i, I was looking forward to it for a while it's, it just says a lot about you no, I had a great time with you, man. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I mean, everyone else is gonna say nice stuff about you. I had a great time with you, <laughs> yeah. and I and still do. We still hang out at the at, when we get together once, twice a year. So, but I just remember when I when I started hearing your backstory and sitting down and, and those that that whole time out at Ramadi because you remember, man. That's the I mean, the, sitting outside that tent, I was like, we are in hell t-shirt company sounds like a great idea. anything bad
0: (laughs) i mean it was bad i I, love it i mean god dang dude and i he got out and did it and then uh well god bless you mike and if you could just hang out and stick around we're gonna get into the after actions report but uh for now all of our listeners who listen to this segment man including us thank you mike for coming on bud uh thank you guys for having me man it was a great time
2: thanks brothers awesome thanks
0: brother Wow. I mean, you listen to a guy that's been through that much. And and what I love it, what really I love about Mike's kind of blessed with luck, right? I mean, he's one (laughs) of those dudes. I mean, to get Kosovo, to get Afghanistan. That's what I was thinking about the
1: whole time. (laughs) Even when he was into the Forge part, I was like, man, Kosovo and Vermont. Dude. I mean, that was pretty... I was like battles. You know what I'm talking about? That doesn't even happen anymore. To get to get in some yeah, battles is a big deal. Yeah,
0: I mean, he, he definitely saw it. And, in, 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 uh, you know, also about his time, uh, you know, as in Buds, having to go back from some, from scratch. and Yeah, what,
1: I, you know, this is what I'm here to do. What else do I got to do? Was,
0: yeah, it's pretty epic. And what I also love, too, and, and I just want to clarify for our listeners, too, uh, I, I made a mistake saying that Mike went through uh, Hell Week twice Uh, And and if you listen to the after-action reports, he actually tells the story about getting right up to the beginning of Hell Week and then... The the anticipation (laughs) of Hell Week. (laughs) Is worse, right? I don't know know about that. But But anyways, what was so cool about Mike was really, you know, we always joke about it, Marcus, right? What are we going to do with our lives once we hang it up? Yeah. How are we going to continue this service, this never quit mindset of supporting our teammates? And
1: you got to hand it to him on that one, too, because for every frogman, the wars that are kicked off are, you know, we that's a big deal. We're always working. So that's what SEALs want, we want to be working all the time. Yep. But this I mean, forged, I mean, he was talking, like you said, when we were in combat, as we were doing during our downtime. So it was forged in combat as well, just like he was. So <laughs> I, I never quit mentality he has but to jump jump from something that you work so hard to get that's the, the thing about the uh hardest for frogs right it's because it's so hard to get in there and you gotta under, appreciate how much he loves you know he is a team guy he's a guy he likes hanging out with the boys because look at his career path absolutely i mean we say that the guys go through all that madness just so you can hang out with that group of guys
0: <laughs> totally. right we go yeah. through this so hang out with guys like mike yeah yeah
1: but to, to step away from it and then be successful on he'll be successful in whatever he does absolutely yeah, he'll start, he'll, forge will get to where it runs itself and then he'll go find something else to do
0: and you know what I love about his attitude and, and it kind of, I think it kind of it, was, uh, it brought out a little bit when he talked about how he goes to his board the, you know, Gekka and everybody look at him no. they're like, you gotta go back to day one hour one and, ah. and, he, and, he, and he just, he said, well and he went and got two margaritas and yeah. started getting his mind I wonder right. what would
1: happen if he'd, have, if he'd have been the first guy instead of the last one Good question. Good question. Yeah, yeah If you start, you know, like, because he's an instructor, you should probably ask him, like, if you were, to, if you knew the guy was getting rolled, but would stay, if you, or you say, like, hey, well, in SEAL training, we want to find the guys who don't want to be there either way. But there's always, I mean, you know, we have a lot of them guys when they quit, they're in so much confusion, pain. That's right. that's the deal, though. Oh, absolutely. You and hit you, them when they're weak, right? right? And yeah. then you say hey, you want some. Whatever, a fried chicken in a blanket, like where I, I signed that <laughs> and, at? And,
0: and that's what people out there, you guys all need to be, you, you hear us what we're telling you. When you're in your monument of weakness, yeah. when you've been beaten down, right? When you most think that the world is going to end for you, that's when you got to find your finger twitch. That's right. when you got to. Well, and the, and <laughs> if somebody gives you an
1: out, right? Yeah. That's, you know, don't take it. Right. I mean, because that's what they do in training. They the, the beatdowns, you are like, oh, I can't get any worse, and then, oh yeah, it is. Oh, you know it, what I mean? it's and so, and then, much I mean, You got to hand to those instructors how cl- they didn't see that right at that breaking point. Then they'll be like, here's a blanket and whatever. A nice hot cup of coffee. Something nice in this. <laughs> this all this every day of beatdown, and got, I, I can see how you yeah. can jump out. But if you don't have, I mean, if you know why, if you never remember, or excuse me, never forget. That yeah. little thing is burning back at you. Right. I, I'm here for this reason. And never look for the end, right? Yeah. So if you get into a, if you're going through SEAL training, if you I get like into,
0: that statement. Never yeah. look for the end.
1: Right. Never look for it. There okay. isn't one. It doesn't. Right. So, I mean, those guys who always look for graduation and they never make it. And just like we said, like, man, I was making it to lunch. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> for, me, for me, it was every order. Yeah. I was just waiting for the next order. Yeah. And it's those, it's those small accomplishments and
1: defeat. That we that, that's what we we're branded in, right? I mean, we're forged in that small accomplishments in defeat because I mean, they whip our ass every day. And, and just like he said, man, he was failing them, but he passed that last one, so he's like, he knows he's getting better. Yeah, totally, right, totally, yeah. totally. And so sometimes that's the way you got to look at it. You're like, man, they're getting rid of me, but you know, maybe starting down here, I just, I'll come back stronger. Always come back stronger.
0: Always stronger. Learn from your mistakes, right?
1: right. And, man, and and that's the difference between those guys who are like, no, nah, I'm done, or Mike's like, well, maybe I maybe I wasn't good enough the first go round, but they. They said they're keeping me around, so keep me around for a reason. I'll, uh, I'll come back stronger.
0: And he did. And that was what's yeah. so, so glorious, man. And I it just, it's such, it's. It, I always love having one of our brothers on. It just, it feels very rewarding. And I hope you, the listener, you really heard what Mike talked about through the entirety of, of his interview. And if you want to know more and you want to know, understand the how-to of how he applies his mindset every day in his life and in business uh, you know, don't forget to turn in, go back to our, our, our page at the team neverquit.com forward slash podcast, find his show, and on it there's an after action report. You know, it's about twenty minutes long. You really dig it. It's Mike's Sowers. How to on how to facilitate the Never Quit Mindset in his daily routine. So check it out there. Also, when you're there, don't forget to go over to teamneverquit.com merchandise section, check out our shirts, and and man, we just really, really welcome your support. And, and we hope you understand why we're doing this. Right, Marcus? Yeah, absolutely. We, we hope you really can appreciate the reason we're doing this is to make sure that you understand that it. it it's inside you, right? It's in Every, them.
1: Everybody. I mean, look. I'm not. We're not coming at you from a pedestal. I mean, we were born common. I and mean, it, and we're just a conduit to all those exceptional people that we look up to as well. And you know, we've been in the trenches. And everyone, everyone's going to go through that. Everyone. Right? So the connection that we put from from the listeners to the to the people we're interviewing, man, it just it ought to let you know that. Those, 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 you. Yeah, those same phrases keep coming out. And how yep. important that is. It's, it's really about. That baseline co- connecting all those those baseline dots. So when you get back hit back down to it, you push back up through it. And before you know it, you're looking back like, man, I, I was just practicing to be one of the good one of the good guys. <laughs> now I'm up here. You know, I've done it. I made it into the pros or I made it wherever. So it's
0: absolutely it's, well, listen like the human condition is a wonderful thing if you're willing to work hard and never quit on your dreams, right? So we're so thankful to have you here, and I always like to end the show by thanking, you know, God first and the Lord and Christ in my life, my my wonderful uh, teammates and Marcus in particular for doing this with me and. And I'd love to thank my family, especially my wife, the Admiral, my two beautiful little girls, and and just the privilege of being on this microphone and sharing all with people to help you, to give you something to invest your lives in, in an idea and a concept that works. And I, I just feel very blessed. So, so thank you for that. Marcus?
1: Sure. Thank the good Lord above for giving me all my talents, my friends for helping me find them, and the boss for marrying me. Good Lord, love that woman. Man, she's been all summer. She's been away on that uh, uh, mission trips in Uganda, and I, I don't like that too much.
0: <laughs> like,
1: well, the boss is back. Man, I'm, like, yeah, I'm getting weak, man. Like, ladies away. So I, I missed you, honey. Welcome back. Love you. And thanks to all of y'all for for listening to us and letting us do this.
0: Amen. We're out.
1: Um,